0: This episode of Creating Consciousness is brought to you by Tarot CBD. Hello, Conscious Creators. Welcome back to another episode of Creating Consciousness. As always, I am so happy you are here tuning in and showing up for your highest self. You should be proud of yourself. I'm proud of you. So let's just take a moment here to breathe, tune in, and tune in to all your fucking glory. Namaste, bitches. (laughs) Who am I? (laughs) I am me. I love myself. Okay, guys. Today, we have an incredible episode for you. And I am extremely excited. Yes, yes, yes. I know I fucking say that every episode. But here's the thing. Podcasting lights me up so much that I do get extremely excited every time there's a new episode. But This episode is with a beautiful soul, a soul that throughout this entire episode, we were laughing, we were giggling, we were having to take moments to just break, pause, and tune back into the conversation because in my head, I was like, oh my God, there are so many soul connections with this woman, and she was thinking the same thing today. We have Liz Roberta, a Hey House UK author on the podcast. And Liz, not only is she an author with Hey House UK, she is an incredible spiritual coach, tarot reader business mentor. She is absolutely incredible. But her new book, Living in Tune, 21 Questions to Activate Your Intuition and Find Your Life Purpose is coming out in the new year. And it is available for pre-order now. And we interview her on her new book and her spiritual journey. And let me just tell you, you're going to want to hear it because I am sure there are so many overlaps within your own life that could lead you to be a Hay House author. And for those of you who don't know what Hay House is, let me just take a moment to talk about the prestige that Hay House has. It is a prestigious publishing house, okay? And the fact that Liz, well, We'll get into it, but the fact that she knew she was going to be an author for them speaks volumes to her intuitive abilities. She manifested it. I'm not going to say any more, because you just have to hear how incredible her story is in the episode. But of course, before we get into that, I just want to tell you we are five Apple podcast reviews away from hitting 100 reviews. And so what I'm going to ask, aka beg, is that you please, 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 especially if you listen on Apple podcasts, if you would please leave a five star rating and review for this podcast, it would mean the world to me. I would love to hit 100 ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts before 2022. I would love to close out the end of the year hitting that goal, hitting that milestone, hitting that benchmark. So if you're a listener, I would please love for you to do that. If you listen on other platforms, I would love your rating and review too. Because you know what? It all matters. The more ratings and reviews we have... The more people will actually find this podcast. It's kind of just how these weird algorithms work. But why is this important? Because it might give someone an opportunity to feel validated in their own journey. It might give someone the opportunity to feel as if they feel seen and heard. And what does that do? That ultimately helps more people heal. So this is why I would love for you to please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. And here's what I can do for you in return, is I am going to give you a free mini oracle card reading as well as enter you to win the replay of my four-part course, Tarot for the Shadow. But in order to qualify for that, you have to leave that five-star rating and review, or really any star rating and review. Like, let's be honest, I want your honest truth. And then you have to send me a screenshot of that rating and review on Instagram at this consciousness. I will then reply to your message to confirm that I have received it. And then I'll give you your free mini Oracle card reading. And then by the end of the year, I will announce who the winner of the giveaway is and who will be gaining access to my four-part course, Tarot for the Shadow, which is a course that teaches you how to use the tarot in your shadow work, which uh, 2022 is approaching. And let me just tell you, we all need to be doing shadow work because this is the year of the lovers. And we're going to get into that in an episode soon, but the Year of the Lovers is really, really wanting us to get in tune. So with that, let's get in to today's episode with Liz Roberta, all about her new book, Living in Tune. Hey, Liz, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh my gosh, I am delighted to have you on. First things first, congratulations on Living in Tune, your new book with Hay House UK.
1: Thank you so much. Honestly, it's crazy this is happening right now because about two hours ago, I just got my first physical copy of the book sent to me never seen a physical copy. It just randomly arrived through the letterbox. And I rarely wear makeup at home. But luckily, I did this morning. because I was filming for a program. So I could go straight onto Instagram, share it. And I was like, Oh, thank goodness, it all worked out perfectly. And I'm just on such a high. It's so amazing.
0: Well, I can feel your energy because I have chills. Like, I got that like icy cold sweat going on. You are just so in alignment. It's making me feel so expanded. So congratulations. How faded or destined, shall I say, not faded, how destined that the book arrives today, especially when you were all made up, ready for it, and then later on we're doing this episode. Feel so in alignment
1: totally and I also this is such a silly little thing but I just bought this incredible cardigan with like suns and moons on it and I just collected that as well so I was wearing my new jazzy cardigan I was already made up arrived through the door we're doing this it's just been a great day so far
0: (laughs) oh my gosh the energy is speaking for itself that's wonderful Um, again congratulations thank you so much When people come on to Creating Consciousness, I always love to ask them a little bit about their spiritual identity. Of course, we're going to get back into the book, but let's have people understand you and get to know you first, the amazing person that you are. So can you share a little bit about your spiritual identity with the listeners?
1: This is such an interesting question because I actually consider some of my identities to have changed recently because at the beginning of this year, I had a Vedic astrology reading. I had a Vedic astrologer on the podcast and I had a reading with her and it totally switched my identity in terms of astrology and human design because my human design changed. If Well, everyone's human design changes if you use the sidereal system instead of the tropical system of astrology. So I'll tell you both. And there is a common theme. So the Virgo theme crosses over between both. So in Western astrology, I'm a Taurus sun, Libra moon, Virgo rising. In Vedic astrology, I'm a Virgo moon, which is considered your main sign. And then I'm a Leo rising Aries sun, which isn't considered to be that significant because it changes every month, whereas the moon is two and a half days. So it's considered to be more accurate. And then that affects my human design in that in Western astrology, I'm a projector Vedic I'm a generator totally different but it's really taught me a lesson because I used to you know like a lot of people do I used to really strongly identify with being a Taurus and being a projector and being this and being that and then when I was told oh actually you're these different things it really just made me have a much more objective view of them and just take whatever serves me and is helpful rather than taking a label and being like oh I'm kind of stuck with it the good and the bad so for example when I was a projector and I thought that was all there was in terms of my human design I was like what I meant to be working two hours a day like I just can't do that I felt bad and guilty and like I was living out of alignment with this set of rules but then when I found out I was a generator in Vedic astrology well in human design with Vedic astrology then that kind of gave me a lot more of the freedom back. So I just take whatever works for me from those different labels and systems now.
0: And that's on knowing yourself first and just allowing these meaning-making systems to be tools. And I think that's so incredible because I myself was someone who used to be so like set in the prescriptive analysis of what a Libra is or whatever. And then as you open up and expand and get to know yourself more, I started to realize, oh, these are just little tools. So thank you for sharing that analysis on the differences between Vedic astrology and Western astrology and how really you can just take little bits and pieces from what works for you. Absolutely. And
1: another another system I want to mention as well is, is the numbers. So numerology I found to be great and also Enneagram I love as well. So mm-hmm. in numerology, I'm life path 11, the spiritual teacher, like I'm sure a lot of people listening are, and then Enneagram three, which um, when I read that, I was like, oh, really got me like at my heart when I read about the shadow side and the greatest fear. I was like, whoa, really like it was seeing through to my soul because the three is the achiever. So like super driven, but the fear is failure, not being good enough, having to succeed basically. And um, yeah, so that, that really kind of struck something within me, because that's kind of how I've always been.
0: You mentioned the shadow part of the Enneagram system first, rather than like what the actual three is. And I just want to highlight that for a second, because so many people look to the light of everything. What was it about the shadow element of being an Enneagram three that really lit you up?
1: it's not that it lit me up it just spoke to me more because I think it's so easy to read these things and they're like you're such an amazing person like you're so talented you're so this you're so that and it's like a lot of these things are just kind of telling you how great you are and then everyone's like oh that's so me like yeah that's so me it's saying all of the good things and then don't want to identify with the bad things um, so that's why they stuck out to me because you know so many things you know say all the good things and then it's easy to take those on harder to face the shadow side I think so that's why I highlighted them there instead of being like oh the achievers really charismatic they're really successful like rah, rah, rah. <laughs>
0: right and do you think like understanding the shadow of these meaning making systems helped you become a better spiritual teacher helped you really understand fully and step into your worth as you were writing your book Yeah,
1: I can't actually remember when I I found it out, but it was a similar feeling to when I found out about Chiron, like where it really went through to my soul and like that deep fear was like really exposed because a lot of our deepest fears, for example, when it comes to self-worth and things like that can get so wrapped up in other things that we don't even notice them. For example, going back to the Enneagram 3, the achiever is always doing things and always achieving their goals and always creating success. So then you don't notice that you have this immense fear of being worthless or fear of failure because it's always kind of covered up and you, you never really see it. I mean, not to like sound big headed, but I've never failed anything. Like I passed my driving test first time. I got the grades I needed to get into the university. I wanted like those kind of things. So I'd never had like a big failure. So I wouldn't necessarily realize I have a fear of failure. But then when you read something like that, you're like, oh, God, yeah, yeah.
0: And that's just more information to keep you on the path that you want to be on.
1: Mm. So, yeah, very powerful.
0: Yeah. Speaking of your path, tell us a little bit about your journey from when even before you were in the spiritual world. What led you to where you are today? I've
1: actually always been in the spiritual world ever since I was a little girl I was witchy. I would do spells in my bedroom. When I was in year six, which is grade six, I believe, I would spend my pocket money on essential oils, incense, candles to do spells in my bedroom. And I was in a Christian family. I went to a Catholic school. I didn't get it from anywhere. It it was just always within me. And I always loved burning incense and things like that. And of course, I believe in past lives. So I think I was just connecting to those things from other lifetimes. So I've always been spiritual. I thought there were fairies in the garden, started reading tarot at 14 when a friend introduced me to it because I was like a gothic teenager I had black hair piercings no one can ever believe it I promise it's true and so my friend introduced me to Taro because she was a pagan and she then you know a few years later she totally you know went off it she lives in London now and works for the government whereas I really stuck with it and ran with it (laughs) and made spirituality my whole life but um, I you know I did have massive detours it was always my hobby But, you know, early 2000s, it was you didn't really have the Internet in the same way that you do now. It was there was no way of seeing it as a career. So I ended up going into investment banking
0: instead. Wow. Big difference. (laughs)
1: Yes, slightly different. Well, like I said, I was always the achiever. So I was like, you know, get really good grades. I was like, where's going to be the best place for me to just run with it and be kind of unlimited in terms of like achievement. So I was like, right, I'll go to an investment bank. um, And it was JP Morgan. And I was like, great, I'll just go in massive company. And I can just, you know, work, 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 and climb, climb, climb. Because again, going back to kind of my astrology, lots of earthiness, Taurus, Virgo, like I've always just been able to be a workhorse. So I was like, right, I'll do investment banking. That will be a really good idea. Horrific idea, as you can imagine. And within six months, I was so incredibly ill. I had generalized anxiety disorder. I had insomnia, palpitations, I was overheating, headaches every single day, chronic headaches. And I was, only, I was 21 when I started there because I was on the grad scheme. And I hadn't even read The Secret yet. So even though I was into tarot, and again, like I said, this is a a long time ago, we're talking a decade ago. So it's not like we had all of the resources and the communities online that we had now. So even though I used tarot, and I always had that connection, I did spells and I prayed and things. I, I didn't know about third eye, I didn't know about energy, manifestation, anything like that. Anyway, at the end of the grad scheme, I was like, get me out of here. So I left there. I was like, right, I need to do something fun and creative. So then I went into fashion, which was good again for a little bit. I got to be creative. But again, I was in an office. It was windowless. It just wasn't it. I was missing the sense of purpose. And I have a third time lucky rule. And it was my third career, which was entrepreneurship. It was my third thing I tried in entrepreneurship because I did Amazon FBA and dropshipping. And then I kind of ended up in this because life just led me there. Like I was writing blogs and I was enjoying it. So I was like, what if I do a spiritual blog? What if I just start posting inspirational quotes and the universe just led me here? So um, yeah, and then same with the book. It was third book concept, third time I applied. It's always with the threes <laughs> and Enneagram three.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing how that overlaps and flows for you. And you know truly that it's always going to be on that third time.
1: Mm -hmm. That's what I think it is. I think it's such a strong belief to me that it always proves true. Like it's so firmly in my energy field that three is a magic number. And I remember when I was little, I was probably about nine. And I remember being in the house and it was when my parents were together. So that's how I know it was before grade five. And I remember singing three is a magic number. And I was singing it again and again. And I have that memory of me singing it like it was important. So I've always had that belief so strongly. And then of course, it always proves true because of that.
0: Oh my gosh, I used to sing the exact same thing when I was younger too. Stop it. Oh my gosh, I have vivid memories of singing three is a magic number. and I've covered in chills
1: right now. Oh my goodness. That's insane. So do I.
0: Isn't that wild? I don't think I've even ever told anyone that.
1: Whoa, <laughs> alone have someone say the exact same thing that is so crazy. Because
0: where's that song from? Three is ma- is it school, school of schoolhouse rock?
1: I don't know. So it was on an advert because we have a mobile network called Three here, so it was on a TV advert, um, back in like yeah, the early 2000s or something. And I remember singing it.
0: Wow, and I know in America, we have there was growing up, there was a show or a movie, Schoolhouse Rock, where It was all teaching about the Constitution and the government. There was one, one part where they would say three is a magic number, but I did the play, the musical, when I was a kid, and that part really resonated with me.
1: The timing of this is also really bizarre because I just had two of my spiritual friends down for the weekend. They left, one of them left this morning and there was 3 of us and we actually did spells together on saturday night we did an intention setting ritual we sat in a triangle we held hands we wrote our intentions we did healing on each other and we were like this is so magical and we know we had a past life together as witches and then i said cuz we were talking about when people say three's a crowd and we were like isn't three powerful though like the three of us has been so powerful and then i was like i think it was a story that was implanted to kind of divert us from the power that comes from threes, this lie that threes a crowd stops you from gathering in groups of three and creating the power. Because if you think about triangles, and I know, and when I do healing, I bring a prism down, which is a structure of triangles. So yeah, just something to think about. And I've got goosebumps. I don't know about you. Me
0: too. Oh <laughs> yeah. no, the goosebumps are insane at this moment. Mm. But what that also brought me to, in Macbeth they have the three witches and the power that these witches had and Mm -hmm. yeah you're on to something with this Liz okay so if you're making discoveries and making connections like this we need to hear about what is in your new book living in tune
1: oh I'm so excited to talk about this because I haven't been able to talk about it for so so long so I got the book deal in October 2020 I was able to share about it from December the first, twenty twenty-one. So that's fourteen months where I couldn't share that I was with Hay House. I was sharing that I was writing a book, but not what it was about, not the name, not the publisher. So, oh my goodness, as you can imagine, I was about ready to burst, and it was really hard and kind of discouraging in a way when you're working on this big project behind the scenes and you can't share it and also of course before getting a book deal i had been trying for years as well so it's been a very 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 long journey and that's why it's so exciting to be able to share with it this is the second podcast interview I'm doing about my book but it's called Living in Tune And there's a bit of a funny story about how it came to be, because I mentioned before, of course, the power of threes. And I tried three times to get into Hay House. I always knew it was Hay House. There was no one else. Like I just knew 110% didn't apply anywhere else. I was like, it's them or nothing. And I remember I had a call with them before I got the book deal because they were kind of like interested, but they said, oh, you know, you're not your platform's not quite big enough, but we do want to work with you in the future. So we kind of stayed in touch for a bit. So I was in kind of discussions with them and I basically decided on the third proposal that I submitted, I had to get strategic because the first two things I wrote and submitted to them were quite general. So the third time after the other two had been rejected, I was like, right, I can't keep writing these 15,000 word proposals, putting my heart and soul into them for them to get rejected. So I was like, right, I'm going to get strategic. I'm going to look at all the books they already have and I'm going to fill a gap. So I was like, okay, they haven't got anything about how to actually find your life purpose. Like they had some stuff about purpose, but no kind of strategic framework about how to actually find your purpose. So I was like, right, I'll do that. So I created a framework, sent it off to them. But in my heart, my core message has always been intuition. And I know that's similar to you. So my message has always been go your own way, follow your intuition. You know what's right for you. Follow your own guidance first, feel into your body, all those kinds of things. That would be my ideal thing to write about. But when I looked at their catalogue of what they had, I was like, you know, I'm not going to fill a gap here. Why would they choose my proposal? So I submitted this proposal. Before I got the book deal, my editor, Emily, who was basically trying to get me in, the commissioning editor basically pitches for you in the acquisitions meeting. So she was rooting for me. She was the one trying to get me into Hay House. And she rang me and she was like, Liz, is there any chance we can angle your book towards intuition? They're saying at the meeting, they want someone to write a book about intuition. And I was like, thank you universe and then the
0: projector in me was like it's the invitation I've been waiting for (laughs) oh my gosh and you literally pitched something that filled a gap that they had but then it came back full circle to what it is you actually do
1: Mm mm-hmm So now it's actually a hybrid of the two. So it's 21 questions to awaken your intuition and find your life purpose. And it's called living in tune because it's a book about alignment. So the whole essence of it is that if you are following your intuition, you will step into your purpose because you're stepping totally into alignment. You're following what feels right for you. You'll step into the career that's right for you. You'll be in the right relationship for you and everything will be in perfect alignment. And when you're in total alignment, that is you being on purpose being in your most purposeful life so the two actually blended together perfectly because it is by following our intuition that we step into our alignment and our purpose and that is living in tune
0: and how did this framework come to be is it a reflection of your own spiritual journey
1: yeah. So I got asked this at a meeting with Hay House, and there was loads of people on it. There was like the CEO and and the uh the marketing team and the press team, and they were like, So what's the story behind the framework? And I was like, I just channeled it one weekend. Like there's nothing kind of spectacular about it. I was living in Glastonbury at the time, which is the spiritual town in England. It's the heart chakra of the world. So I was living there and I was in my flat on my own all weekend, and um And yeah, I just wrote this framework and I've been told and I I can feel it that I have this skill of channeling like questions that make people self-reflect. So there's 21 questions and actually the chapters don't have a number. They all have a word beginning with the letter P. So it will be pain, problem, path. Um, things like that and they all start with the letter p and then there's a question underneath and then by doing the framework of the 21 questions you'll just understand yourself so much better and your purpose so much better as well
0: that's beautiful because sometimes we get asked these questions that don't make us think or it's just a simple yes or no i don't like that but when there's actually a prompt that you can work from that's going to have you keep pulling back on that thread and making these connections it's only gonna help you grow so much more. So thank you for channeling that framework for people to really dive into. I'm always talking about having a variety of tools in your toolkit that you can use in times of need. Some of my personal favorite tools include shadow work, yoga nidra, breath work, but recently I'm finding myself reaching for my stash of tarot CBD. Taro is a woman-owned CBD company providing you with signature blends of CBD, terpenes, and herbs to help you tune in to your everyday magic. Think of Taro CBD as the tool you need to achieve a more relaxed, more grounded version of you. Taro CBD combines a passion for organic herbs like turmeric, valerian root, and elderberry with CBD to help beat burnout, reduce stress, and to help you find your calm. Taro CBD's signature blends are unlike any other CBD product on the market. Taro is always made by hand in small batches with expertly sourced ingredients and U.S.-grown, full-spectrum CBD. All Taro products are third-party lab-tested to ensure purity, potency, and peace of mind. Plus, 5% of all Taro CBD sales are donated back to Girls, Inc., and we love a cannabis company that gives back and stands up for what is right. All CBD and herbs used in tarot products are CO2 extracted to preserve the plant's full terpene profile, which makes taro CBD more potent than the average alcohol-based herbal tincture. I use taro CBD in my morning, afternoon, and evening routine. But my all-time favorite way to use taro CBD is taking a dropper full of one of their herbal tincture blends right before I tune into an intuitive session. Using Taro CBD really helps me quiet my active conscious monkey mind during my sessions so clear channeling can take place for my clients. I love Taro CBD because it gives me all the healing benefits of cannabis without feeling high or receiving any sort of intoxicating effects. Sometimes, Taro CBD is just what I need to calm my nerves before a long day of work. And then after work, you'll find me soaking in a tub full of Taro CBD's herbal-infused bath salts. And I swear, I've never slept better than after I take a bath with Taro CBD bath salts. What truly makes my heart sing is the fact that Tarot CBD has partnered with small batch artisans from across the globe this holiday season to provide you with more magical tools on their site. Not only will you find Tarot CBD products, but you will find face masks, tarot cards, and candles from amazing artisans. Each item is carefully selected to encourage a positive, energetic response. And once you pair these items with Tarot CBD and create ritual magic, you are on your way to healing. Remember to shop small this holiday season and support a woman-owned business that's always giving back. Head to the link in the show notes to support Tarot CBD and get 20% off your purchase when you use code MAGICSHOP at www.tarocbd.com.
1: Totally, totally. And I worked as a tarot reader. So the start of my business, I was doing tarot readings, and then I was doing tarot and coaching. And then the coaching was enough to drop the tarot completely. I still do a tarot reading for my coaching clients, but I don't do tarot readings on their own. So I did a lot of readings for people And that really showed me how much people want to get the answers from other people. And of course, I've had, you know, every reading going (laughs) as well. But in that process of doing readings for people, I just really learned that people weren't trusting their own guidance and were looking outside for answers so much and thinking that other people had more power to access the truth of what was going to happen or what was true for them than they did themselves. So that just makes this work even more important because so many people need it people don't trust themselves they don't think they're powerful they don't know how much power they have but we truly know what's coming and I absolutely believe that our desires lead us to our destiny and I've actually given up readings now so I get offered them for free sometimes because people are like oh you know will you take this reading and share a view and I used to and it was great and recently I say no I'm sorry I'm not doing any readings now and I'm actually on a bit of a uh, hiatus i don't know if i'll go back just so that i can 100% just follow my own inner knowing because i've just found that whatever i know to be true or have the slightest sense to be coming in my life is what happens anyway like for example i always used to say i'll get married at 27 to a guy called andrew I got married at 27 he's called alistair so not quite but pretty close and like my brother even said it he's like it's so funny you always said you were going to get married at 27 and then I did, and it's just little things like that. And I'm like, I should really be following what I say because I got to the point where I was having so many different readings and they were kind of clashing and conflicting with what they were saying. And then I was feeling confused. So I just think when we tune into ourselves, and this is not against readings, I love readings. I still do readings for myself. Um, but when we can tune in, tune in, this is why I call it living in tune, tune into our own intuition that is when we get the best guidance of all. And that's when we get certainty and avoid confusion and really know our own path forward and what's best for us without having to go through anyone else.
0: It's so absolutely true. We place so much energy and attention on other people holding the power when all we really have to do is just tune into our heart, tune into the inner knowing that we have and look at you know, our, our past faults, look at our shadow. Is there a specific part in your book that really resonates with you and what, it, and what you stand for? Of course, you stand for all of it. But is there a singular part that just speaks to you so deeply that you keep going back to?
1: There is. So I said each chapter starts with a P word and I sound like such a weirdo saying this, but my favorite chapter is the one called Pain. And it's the only one that's a little bit darker in tone. A lot of the other ones are more uplifting, inspirational. This is chapter two and it's basically about how our deepest pain turns into our greatest purpose and about how every path that we walk is for a reason and that if we've had huge challenges then that means we have the greatest strength and we probably have the biggest purpose of all because we've learned so much and we've traversed through trauma and turned it into something wonderful and we all have that power but we have a choice to make whether we're going to use our pain for something good or whether we're going to use it as an excuse to self-destruct. So that's definitely my favorite chapter. It always brings a little a little tear to my eye. I just think it's so powerful and so important because we can so easily turn to victim mode instead of seeing that actually when we think of the soul and the soul's journey, that actually all of these things can be for a reason if we decide that they are, regardless of your belief and If you look at it from a spiritual lens or not, we always have the choice of what we do with our experiences and how we interpret them and how we use them. I do believe that we choose our life path and that it is for a reason from a kind of metaphysical point of view. But even if you didn't believe that, then you still do have the choice of whether you're going to use something for good or for bad. So that's my favorite chapter, definitely.
0: We do get so caught up on choices and oftentimes we think we're stuck. But it's through the pain that we can make a choice to transmute that pain and turn it into something else where alchemy just happens. Now, while you were on your journey in writing this book, did you experience any significant pain points that had you fall into like a victim mode where you had to check yourself and step back into the framework?
1: There definitely were during the book writing process. I didn't have a great start to the year, so the first six months of 2021, which is when I was writing the book, we were deep in COVID, so the UK was in total lockdown, the weather here is absolutely atrocious, so when you're locked down from say, uh, I think it was January to April, and it's dark at 4pm, it's always dark, dark grey, you have to have the lights on all day, it's raining. You couldn't go to restaurants. You obviously couldn't travel. You couldn't even drive around the country. So that was the situation. My husband also works abroad. He does fly in, fly out work. So he got stuck overseas for five and a half months, couldn't come back in. My stepdad is an alcoholic. He's been sober for a year now, but he was in hospital for about eight months because he got to end stage alcoholism. So he was in hospital. He got COVID. He got septicemia. He obviously had liver failure, cirrhosis, all that kind of stuff. So there was just a lot going on. It wasn't the best time ever. I really struggle with seasonal affective disorder anyway. So just the weather and being trapped in England like was enough to be honest. It yeah. wasn't great. So I was writing my book as this was going on. And like I said, I do believe everything happens for a reason. And actually during that time, I didn't go on any holidays. I didn't have any weekend plans. So I was totally in that container. So that was a good thing. And mm. um, yeah, it, it wasn't the uh, the best time ever but it just meant that I poured absolutely everything into that book and when I look back on this year that was the greatest joy of all because I, I did a podcast episode on my podcast about my experience of writing the book and I said that every morning when I realized I was going to be writing the book it was like zing and I just got this bolt of energy and I was so excited like a kid on Christmas because there's just nothing I love more than channeling messages. It's my absolute purpose and and a little side note I did a past life regression recently I've done two the second one I did was much more about other dimensions than my human lives like the first one was and I basically Mm. saw that I have been in the realm of the Akashic records and I was a keeper of the Akashic records and I would send out messages from there like to earth and to wherever else and then I realized that when I'm here I can connect back quite easily and I was like that makes perfect sense because I, I've always known that I'm a messenger so that's just a little side note but I thought it was pretty cool
0: <laughs> it's so funny when you said that I like started to tear up and my chills got like really really strong again and so I work with the Akashic Records quite a bit and the fact that that just moved me to tears is like even more confirmation and truth wow
1: you were probably there as well.
0: You probably did the same thing. Most likely just based on like the work that we do. Thank you for that validation. But wow, that really, really moved me.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, it was It was weird because I've had this with past life regressions. I'll, I'll see things and I'll have, my judgment will come in and I'll be like, that can't be right because it doesn't match what I know from my human knowledge. So for example, I've always thought or been told that the Akashic Records is a book kind of I imagine it's like a big book in the sky but what I actually saw was it's a realm and it was kind of white and there were a lot of keepers like I said these kind of souls wearing these long white robes and they were keepers of this realm of information um so yeah it was it was powerful and I went on stories afterwards and I shared it but I was quite scared too because I was like is this gonna be different to what other people see and what they believe but the great thing about past life regression is you're the one doing it so it's not like most readings where you're being told you're the one experiencing it so I experienced it Um, so yeah that's just a total side note but that was just one confirmation I had recently about being a messenger and why I love sharing messages so much because of course, you know, the book was channeled and I hope that people will feel that when they read it and they'll feel activated. Um, So yeah, it was just pure bliss in a pretty gray year.
0: (laughs) And what would you say was the hardest chapter to write?
1: Pain, again, the best, the hardest. I actually cut a lot of it out for like personal reasons, like I put, originally I put more about my family story and I, I chopped pretty much all of it out. Um, just cause it's very hard when people are living to put that yeah. stuff in. So I just decided not to, in the end, I'm totally happy with how it came out though. Um, because I focus the entire book on the reader. There's very little about me and my story in there and that's how I like it.
0: Wow. You know, as Me being someone who works with clients on a daily basis and podcasts, a lot of what I share is my own personal like accounts of things. And I think that's so powerful that you are able to still inspire and influence and help people understand their purpose and to trust themselves by even removing yourself and your experience. That's really difficult to do. And that truly just shows like the efficacy of your channeling and how you are working with like other dimensions in bringing this creation to life. I'm sure this was just like pure Akasha channeling coming through for you. So I am so excited to dive in and learn more. And I'm like so ready to read the chapter on pain. I might. (laughs) just skip to that one first and then go back and start over because I'm a sucker for anything that's shows like the, the gritty truth and the pain and the pur- how we transmute the pain to move into purpose. I love it.
1: Strong Pluto vibes.
0: <laughs> I think my Plutos in Scorpio Death too. And transformation.
1: Yeah, I was thinking there's got there's some Scorpio energy going on there with what you just said. Yeah, I have
0: a Scorpio stellium. Um that explains a lot. Uh, we we love pain. We love the shadow here. So, if pain was the hardest chapter to write, what was the easiest chapter to write? The chapter that just you just basically had to put the pen to paper and it existed.
1: My my easiest and funnest chapter is probably chapter one, which is power. So it's chapter one, power. Chapter two, pain. And uh, it, that chapter was totally rewritten because in your proposal you put the first few chapters in. So I had that written for the proposal. I actually deleted the entire thing and started again because it just wasn't feeling right. So I rewrote all of chapter one power and I was like, oh, yes, this is so much better in the context of the rest of the book that I'd written afterwards. So it starts with power, which is just a punch, which is about how intuition is your strongest power. You are powerful. Trust yourself. Believe yourself. Then we go into pain. And then we go on from there. So it starts on like a big, powerful high. Then it goes to the deepest low. And then everything in between, right until we get to the last chapter, which is purpose.
0: If you could have people take one thing away from your book, one lesson, what would that lesson be?
1: To trust yourself and always follow your alignment, because I think so often we settle less than aligned and I know that I did for so much of my life because I didn't believe I was worthy of any more I didn't think any more was possible I wasn't seeing anyone around me living an abundant aligned life where they were flourishing spiritually and emotionally and mentally and physically so I didn't realize it was even possible and I think that's what I want people to Realize from this book that they can ask for more and they can expect more. And if they trust themselves completely and they follow what feels good and they go their own way, that was the second alternative title for the book, Go Your Own Way, because it's very much about standing out on your own, being the pioneer. That's another chapter. Because that is the only way you're going to be aligned, not through trying to fit in, which is what I did for so much of my life, because I was trying to do what I thought I should do and be the same as everyone else. But the truth is, I'm totally different. I'm totally different to my friends from school and my family and my friends from university and you know everyone else. And I realized that it's for a reason. And that's my unique path to walk in this lifetime. And it's to teach others to do the same so that they can really find happiness and contentment
0: we can walk behind so many other people on their paths but we have to ultimately forge our own yeah really really beautiful liz thank you you heard it here first folks liz are there any special offers with your book any pre-order offers any post-order offers tell us about them
1: there certainly are. So, if you order before the eleventh of January, so this is only until the eleventh of January, twenty twenty-two. This is a pre-sale bonus. If you order it, then you get the chance to have a free angel card reading and also a third eye intuition activation uh, training. So, you'll get that sent to you, and then you fill in a form on on, the, on my sales page, which is linked on my Instagram at I am Liz Roberta. If you go there, you just buy it. You fill in the form. It's just your name, your email, and your order number. And then you will get pinged out that activation video. That's automatic. And then I will tune into the energy of your name. Usually the next day, I'm doing them every day at the moment, but I will manually tune in to your name and I will pull a card and I will send you a personal reading. And again, I love doing messages. I used to do these all the time. I actually did over 4,800. Then it got too much. So I stopped and it's so nice to be able to do them again because I just love it so if you buy the book until the 11th of january you get the chance to get a free angel card reading and a third eye activation if you're listening to this after the 11th of january there are still two freebies inside the books you have to buy the book to get those freebies and of course anyone who orders before 11th january will get the two pre-sale bonuses and the two freebies inside the book. And I was just super generous with this because I think it's such an important topic. And I want people to have as much guidance and as many tools as possible for listening to their own intuition.
0: That's beautiful. And I just have to say, I've had one of your angel card readings before. I still remember the card. I still remember what it looks like. The card was forgiveness. And it just rang so true at the time that I had it. And I, it took me a couple of days to respond to your email because I just was like, whoa, I am in such a deep place of forgiveness right there. And so thank you for that. And listeners, definitely check out Liz's book. And I'm going to say pre-order it so you can get that angel card bonus because it's special. The message resonates so deeply. That's my experience.
1: Thank you so much. I didn't know
0: that. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think it was when you were still in Glastonbury. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you now?
1: I'm in Poole. So I'm back where I actually grew up. Bit of a full circle moment. I've got my Saturn return in Feb. There's some weird timing going on. So I've got a book out the 11th of Jan. I go traveling something everything in storage going to LA and then just wherever around the world on the 30th of January and Feb is my Saturn return so it's gonna be a crazy year I think
0: (laughs) yes well when you come to the states let me know where you're at
1: I would love that yes
0: beautiful well Liz thank you so much I do have a quick round of silly fast-paced questions are you ready
1: I'm so excited for this. I did not know this was coming.
0: It's always a little surprise. First question, tea or coffee?
1: Coffee all the way. I worked as a barista for four years.
0: Love it. Candles, essential oils? Candles. Oracle cards or tarot cards? Tarot.
1: I have the Wheel of Fortune tattooed on my arm. It has to be tarot.
0: Oh my gosh, incredible. Yoga or meditation? Yoga. Yoga smoothies or green juice smoothies the sun or the moon the
1: sun i have the sun tattooed on my arm as well all about that sunshine life
0: that's amazing of course especially when you need it the most yeah and then last but not least how do you create consciousness every day
1: by doing everything i can to be the best person i can be and I truly believe that every little act is important, whether it's letting someone pull out when they need to in traffic or I pick every single worm and snail that's been washed out from the rain up from the pavement. I drive my husband insane, but I just think every single little act like that and you know, recycling every possible thing you can and things like that. That's how I create consciousness and do every little thing I can to try and make the world a better place.
0: That's such a beautiful answer because it's nothing that's super magical or out of this world. It's really grounded, really earthly, mundane magic. That's beautiful. Liz, how can people get in touch with you and stay connected with what you have going on come the new year post-book release?
1: I am the biggest fan of Instagram, so that's always the best place at I'm Liz Roberta. From there you can access everything else. So my website is lizroberta.com. I have a blog there. I also have a podcast. Um, but yeah, you can find everything that's going on through my Instagram account mainly.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Liz. I'm so grateful for you. And again, Congratulations on the release of your book, Living in Tune, and for being a Hay House author. That is a huge manifestation come true, and you deserve all the success and celebration.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing.
0: Conscious Creators, that is today's episode with the incredible... Hey, House author, Liz Roberta, let's just take a moment here to send Liz so much love and support for her incredible accomplishment. Liz, just know that I am so supportive of you, so proud of you, and I'm sending you all the love in the world. You deserve this moment. Congratulations. Conscious Creators, I also want to let you know that you are loved you are supported, you are divinely guided, and you are creating consciousness. I'll be back next week with a new episode for you. Until then, Conscious Creators...